And so there's like just the big opportunity for people to, to actually think through what do people want? Let's attack this strategically. Let's make content that's engaging, that solves people's problems, that adds value to their life and isn't dependent on having the latest camera or having something that looks extremely cinematic. And the role of thinking through that and helping people think through that is huge because a lot of people, if they look at something. Right now, the video production industry is in a strange place. Video shoots canceled, projects put on hold, anything with a crew larger than one basically against the law. But then conversely, right now, there is so much more focus on video as a medium of communication than ever before. Most businesses are focused on content creation, on video messaging, on scaling and personalizing their business through video right now. So where does that leave the video production company? Well, that is exactly what we'll be diving into with my guest today. So stick around. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back. This is episode 139 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your work from home host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Listen, if you've been following this podcast for a while now, you're probably aware of my flagship video course, the Online Video Strategy Blueprint. In fact, throughout 2019 in this program, I've worked with over 80 video production companies through the Blueprint course as they've transitioned from video producer to video strategist. And in today's episode, I'm honored to be joined by one of these awesome video strategists, Wesley Dean. And we're going to explore more about how this shift to video strategy is actually right now so much more important than ever before. And if you're interested in learning more about helping your clients with video strategy, and in particular, how to make the transition from video producer to confident video strategist, then I'd love to invite you to join one of my upcoming free webinars this week. Starting from the 14th of April, 2020, there are only a handful of time slots to choose from. So if you wanna jump on and learn more about this transition from video producer to video strategist, then I want you to save your seat at the webinar now at www.onlinevideostrategyblueprint.com. But right now, let's hear more about my guest today. Wesley Dean started taking pictures with a little 110 film camera when he was in fourth grade, and he's loved working with the media ever since. He is most passionate about working with mission-based nonprofits, schools and development organisations. He loves documenting work in developing countries, whether it's producing a video about safe water in Sierra Leone or recording a podcast in the slums of Kibera, Kenya. Wesley has led a team that produces online course videos related to topics such as conflict analysis, mediation and negotiation for the US Institute of Peace. He is also on the board of an organization called Inside Out Global, 
which helps teens produce short films and public service announcements that reflect stories and messages that they want to tell. He's the director of Intermotion Media and an alumni of my online video strategy blueprint course. He's an awesome guy and I'm so excited to introduce him to the podcast right now. I know you're going to love his insight into where we are at right now in the world of video marketing. So let's get on with the show. Oh, actually, before we do, I just want to let you know that this was the first podcast episode that I've recorded as a LinkedIn live video. So this was actually streamed on LinkedIn earlier in the last week. So if you want to head on over and connect with me on LinkedIn, then you can catch these LinkedIn live podcast episodes as well. I'm excited to explore this platform more and to bring some learnings to you guys soon in the podcast. So that's enough of that. As I said, let's get on with the show. Wesley Dean, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here as well. And before we hit record, uh, we actually set this up as a Facebook, sorry, LinkedIn Live and YouTube Live. So we're testing this out as well, and hopefully it's going to go well. So for those people listening on the podcast, you can go back and have a look at this live broadcast and see Wesley and myself having this chat if you wanted to get a bit meta about this. But I'm excited to bring you on because we're going to talk a little bit about the role of, of video strategy, which is something very close to my heart. And I guess the changing industry that we're in now as video producers. So Wesley, for people that don't know you or haven't met you before, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what you do in the world of video? Yeah, absolutely. So I started off and didn't really think I was going to be going into into filming and, and media. I actually wanted to go more into development work and in terms of international relations, but I just loved filming. And so when I was in, in school, it was sort of the thing I, I was like, I could either scrub toilets or I could edit videos at, at the, my college's AV office. And I just, you know, got into editing videos and I just absolutely loved it. I had been into photography beforehand, but hadn't really had the equipment to do to do the filming and as I got into it I just realized that it was, it was something I was passionate about I, I came alive I found myself wanting to spend more time with the camera and hanging out with people who were doing stuff and just kept you know, exploring more and more and by the time I was ready to graduate it, I had a few people who actually offered to pay me to do to do shoots and so I, I'm not sure if you can remember back to the, the first time someone paid you to film uh, a project yeah. but but for me it was just was like whoa like people will pay me to do this and, yeah. and they'll pay me to travel and my mind was just kind of blown by that fact that people would would pay me to do this work and I would just decided well if people are going to pay me to do it and I can travel with it let's just do this full time so I sort of just dove dove in not really having a, you know a big plan um you know almost 10 years ago but it was just a you know a gradual process of of learning of learning from people of you know buying equipment and i have been able to combine to a certain extent a lot of my my other passions i've done a lot of work with with nonprofits with uh groups that are doing work in you know around the world and be able to tell whether it's a mixture of you know brand stories of stories that are used for for fundraising processes of raising you know half a million, a million dollars, even just general stuff on social media or online course videos that go around the world. I've just loved being able to get into video and tell stories that make a difference and produce online training that, that helps encourage people and helps uh, teach people how to do, do new skills. Awesome. And so as a video producer today, specifically at this time of this 
you know, pandemic going on, like where, where are you seeing the biggest shifts happening either for yourself or at the industry as a whole? Yeah. So, so I think if we look at it, you know, if we look at the kind of steps in time and we go back, first of all, 10 years ago when you had the, the DSL, DSLR revolution, where all of a sudden people could have high quality cinematic film like videos in, in their hand for a fraction of the cost of what they used to be. And I think mm -hmm. there was almost this wave of high of everyone pushing high quality, pushing pixel count and pushing lenses and everything like that. But then, and it's hard to tell, I think it, it probably would have been, you know, maybe four or five years ago where there started being a little more of a shift from, yes, we can produce all this fancy high quality content, but let's actually produce stuff that's, you know, more authentic, probably had to do more with the rise shift people more, creating stuff with their cell phones and where, where that started to become more popular. And so I think there was a bit of a shift towards creating more content that just, you know, go live on your phone, not super fancy. And there was that shift already. But then as soon as with coronavirus happened, I feel like it's very much ex exacerbated that shift to creating stuff that just feels very organic. I mean, look at some of the late night show hosts who have said, all right, we're not going to be able to produce things with crews and lights and a full band and audience. And now we have people on TV creating shows like literally in their basement. And so I think there's just been this huge shift from saying we need to do stuff that's live and very organic and authentic. And there's been almost a reduction in like high level production values. And it's been a shift I think was in, in happening, but it just happened even more so with, you know, coronavirus coming in. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. And I think that idea of video or the desire within culture for video to be authentic is something that has has really grown over the years as we've moved away from most of the video that we we consume being broadcast you know professional quality shows broadcast into your lounge rooms and as videos come online I think we've really started to see that gradual shift in that way where now you know we're probably spending more time watching uh you know real people on TV in various ways or on YouTube or on, on social media in video than, than we do actors and highly produced content. So I think that's um, a really interesting transition that you're, you're noting there. And now as we move into, into coronavirus time, I guess, and, yeah. and what comes next is I think that it's going to exacerbate or, or speed up this this shift so i think that's that's really interesting for us as video makers to consider but what would you say to those video producers like us out there uh, who that's our bread and butter is producing high quality cinematic beautiful production content is are we becoming irrelevant or where where does our industry fit yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a very good question. I think all of us are really struggling with with what that looks like. But but I mean, the biggest thing is that right now we just can't rely on the fact that we have access to you know toys or whether it's the, the latest camera or the best microphone that's going to make our quality good. That's where we really have to buckle down when it comes to strategy with ability to you know articulate a plan to look at the actual content that people are producing, think through how they're going to use it. And if it's going to actually meet a client's needs versus just being able to trust that, hey, I have my, you know, C500 or C200 or whatever it is, and trust that that's going to what's going to command the premium. And don't get me wrong. I think there's always going to be a very high a, a space for like the high end, high end videos, making it look good. I think Hollywood is still going to produce stuff that looks really good. But there's it's been a very much a, a big divergence in terms of 
what Hollywood is producing and what companies and, and other people are, are starting to produce. So we, we can't rely on just the toys and have to really rely on being really good stra video strategists now. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the message that I've been shouting about for, for years here of this role that the video producers need to be able to play of not just producing great content for, for a client, but actually ensuring that the content that they produce actually gets the results. And the result usually isn't directly related to the quality of the cinematography. It's you know much more around the messaging and, and how the content's actually put out there. And you know, it's great to to see you you recognize that. Let's um let's flip the conversation a bit from video producers and now talk about the, the corporate clients out there that may be thinking about some of the corporate clients that that you have. You know, how how are they going to need to think about the way they're using video differently as well? Yeah, well, so to give you an example, uh, you know, I have a, a colleague at our co-working station and and he works with a, with a radio station that usually before they would bring a guest in and they would set everything up with, you know, the cameras and, and have it all looking good. But they wanted to keep their program going. So they decided to shift it over to Zoom and because they, you know, they, they weren't necessarily you know, they liked having the high quality, but they realized, well, at the core, it is, in fact, you know, the message that is what we want to be communicating. And so there's still that value for people figuring things out for being when you're when you know how to use equipment and you're a good problem solver, you can help people come up with innovative ways of doing things that doesn't just rely on having an expensive piece of equipment. And so that's where I think, too, the, the biggest thing is understanding your your audience, too. And so I know, you know, coming in when I when I look back on you know, some of my, the, the projects that we have looked really good, but haven't brought results to people. And I've definitely had that. And that's been part of my growing journey, too, is realizing that, you know, just because something's shot well and, and filmed and edited well and maybe is a good story. If it's not part of a bigger you know funnel that's moving your audience and moving audience towards an action, whether it's buying or donating or, or whatever it is, it's just not going to be as successful as it could be. And I think that the biggest role for us as, as video strategists is really being able to understand that that funnel, what, where people are at in a process and how to connect with them at different stages along the journey. And so now if we if we look at the you know, big brand films and stuff like that, you know, stories like highly polished pieces, all of that has hit pause right now. Um, but there's still ways mm. of people are online now more than ever. And so th there definitely has to be a way of reaching them. Yeah. And so you, you actually emailed me prior to this, to this conversation about where you think that, um, the focus needs to be right now when production quality or high production quality uh, content is on pause, like you say. And and you, you were talking about the idea that you feel that the top of the funnel is kind of not where people need to be spending their time and attention right now. Can you break down that that thought that you, you shared with me in that email? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so too, I know if we kind of look at it, you know, obviously I picked this up you know, from you and in, in, in your course, but just as we look at you now that journey of, you know, people, they're looking at awareness and it's like bigger pieces. It's you look, you look at this like highly polished in the U S you know, Super Bowl ads or stuff like that, that gets, gets the awareness out. And then you have other pieces such as whether it's engagement where people are starting to engage about different topics and have questions that they're, they're maybe not quite as highly polished, uh, before leading then to, you know, a conversion or a piece that finally convinces people to become, become a customer. And uh, so those, before people would usually put a lot of money into those highly, 
highly polished pieces. But right now it's really all just in the engagement because I was just recently talking to someone, a communications director at a, at a think tank here in the DC area. And he was saying, you know, right now, no one cares about anything except for how it pertains to them and, and surviving coronavirus is, yeah. is unfortunately almost the reality. And so everyone right now who's in, you know, their, you know, specific area or, or the niche, like they, they want to understand, all right, how is coronavirus going to impact them? And so I can't tell you how many times I've jumped on webinars over the last three weeks, um, more so than I did over the last you know year, probably because they were talking about this current crisis that people are going through. And I think that's where all the work that's going to be happening now is related to how do we message and how do we provide solutions for people to survive the, the current crisis? And I think that's where all the time is going to be be spent. And it's being able to pivot quickly because, you know, the world can change, as we saw in a matter of weeks, it can go from complete, almost completely un unrecognizable to, to a certain extent. But I think it's being in, in that face to face personal uh, engagement. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I, I really think that where people in business need to be focused right now is on that goal of social engagement, which is all around creating content that provides value to, to your audience. Because, you know, right now, I guess more than ever is people, that's what people want from brands or businesses that they engage with is they want, you know, how are you going to provide value to me in this interaction? And yes, I think that right now, potentially a lot of that value is going to be focused around, around the coronavirus and, and things like that. But I think what I've seen working really well with brands is, is how they're also aiming to provide value in other ways to people, um, recognizing that, you know, things like kids being homeschooled and, and things like I've seen, I'm seeing so much great engaging content from brands yeah. that potentially I, I think, they they wouldn't have been doing so much in this space, but they're kind of spurred to action, I think, by by what's going on. And they want to get out there and say, how can we help our community with content right now? And um, I think that's what people need to do and, and continue to do. So I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, too, part of it is when you look at it, I think there was a shift where people, you know, let's say if we look at 10 years ago, for sure, where people thought that, hey, if we produce a video, we, of course, want to talk about, hey, how awesome this we are, how awesome this is. And if we show people a really cool video, they'll decide to like sign up or something like that. But really, I think that the shift has been is that people, they want information, they want things that are useful. And, you know, right now, it's such as like, you know, how many people are going online to look for gym workouts, to look for tips for homeschooling, tips for you know, educational videos for your kids and just all this digital content that in some cases was there already, but that the people weren't looking at it quite as much. And and that's what's going to create some of those relationships that, that extend afterwards is who added value to your life when you needed it. And 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 when you help people out and when you bring value and and help them, they they remember that. And and so I think that's the big thing is that no one's right now looking online to see who is telling a great story about how somebody was because right now that people want to survive the current you know current crisis and so the moms want to entertain their kids while they're trying to work and uh, people are trying to find ways of, of doing workouts without going going stir crazy right now and it's people who are helpful that are going to stand out yeah and i think, I, and I think that's a trend that will continue yeah even more. oh absolutely i think the interesting thing is that it's not that people have changed 
now, right? It's not that, you know, people have suddenly, they're wanting more value from brands or businesses that they engage with. It's, it's always the way. I think what's potentially changed is the way that brands and businesses are showing up for people through their content. You know, they're focused less on trying to sell and more on trying to provide value like we're talking about here. But that's just good marketing for any oh, at yeah. any time, you know. It's just the businesses are starting to realise, you know, oh, we really, you know, shouldn't be trying to do the hard sell right now. Let's see how we can provide value to our to our audience. And but that's really what we recommend that people should be doing at any time, not just right now. Oh, absolutely. And I think people are just businesses are becoming even more aware of it. So I think it's in many ways it has been a continuum of shifting over. And right now it's been kind of a crisis point where everything, sometimes it feels like progress is slow, slow, slow. And then all of a sudden, you know, things, you know, was it like a, an overnight success took 20 years <laughs> in the making or, or whatever, yeah. however they, they might say it. Um, but we're seeing a big shift that way where, yes, you need to be even, even as we look at how much zoom has, has increased where all of a sudden people before they'd be traveling, they'd be meeting in person. Now there's, there's a lot of space for sending personalized messages and through, through video, because people want that, that connection and, and they're looking for, for, for usefulness, for, for value from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And I'm interested to explore with you um, as you've started to position yourself as a video strategist or as, uh, you know, someone who can come alongside your clients and help them understand this journey that they need to be going on. You know, what's shifted for you in your business? Um, you know, I guess as you've, you've undertaken this journey and become more confident as a video strategist. Yeah, and it definitely has been been a journey, I would say. So it's it's hasn't been a quick, you know, one night, hey, I'm I'm a video producer and now I'm a video strategist and it's definitely been a journey. And I know too, that was one of the things that I I I found very much refreshing about finding you kind of referring to yourself as a video strategist was because it was helpful to see, wow, somebody else out there is also like this is a real career, a, a real field. And cuz oftentimes when I when I would start the process and and kind of explain it, it, it took people a little bit to kind of figure it out because it's because most of the time before in the, in the past you know the video production has been in somewhat a, a commodity i'd be very good at producing it but it was hey we need a video and say all right what do you want and then we you know we'd, in many cases we would go through the process of of going depend on, on what it was whether it was an online course video we might not spend quite as much time thinking through behind it if it was a video where they wanted to raise a lot of money for fundraising we would definitely spend a proportionate amount of time planning that video but when you're when you're looking at just that one piece, you're missing so much more of the bigger picture of, you know, what stage are are you meeting people? Are what happens after they watch the video? What what do they what does the YouTube thumbnail look like? What does the title look like? How do you decide what the title is? And there's so many of these other elements that people are missing out on completely. Where at times I've had videos where we we would produce them and then I look to go online and see what what they did with it and you know, it would just have like, you know, terrible number of views compared to how much they spent on it. But then when I look at things like the the thumbnail and, you know, they spent tons of time tweaking every little thing inside the video. And then the thumbnail was just the YouTube randomly generated one or, or yeah. the title. They didn't spend any time thinking through if people actually were going to want to click on a video titled something in particular. And so it's been a process of 
starting to talk with clients and starting to educate them and help them understand the process even more. But it's also, I think the biggest thing for me is being comfortable with knowing when a client wants to transition to doing strategy and being, being willing to step back and, and not take those opportunities that, you know, aren't going to be, aren't going to be good. that aren't going to be, be fulfilling. And, um, and it's best if you can do that, you know, early on. So, so at one point I had, it was last year, I was talking with, with the CEO of a nonprofit and I was talking to him about, about strategy and how, you know, it's important to know your audience and everything. And, and he said, Oh no. Yeah. We're, we're in Nashville. We have a lot of people that do strategy, you know, no, we're good. We don't, we don't need strategy and you know, we got it. And, uh, and you know, I, I checked back later. So eventually, you know, we gave him a proposal for, for strategy and said, no, we're, we're not going to do this without it. And, you know, I think they decided that they didn't want to, it wasn't a good fit, but then I checked back a year later and, and that guy was no longer with the company. And so part of it is, you know, when working with people and part of it too, for me has been at times I've, I've been tempted just to say, no, we're, we're not going to do strategy for now, or they don't want to do strategy. Okay. We'll go along with it. But then time and time again, I've seen where that client ultimately at the end, isn't happy because they didn't spend enough time doing strategy. And so yeah. at first it's, it is hard to, to, when clients push back against spending, cause it is work in some ways to do strategies. It's, it's a lot easier for people to say, just, just give me the video. Just, just give me the video. Then it is to stop and ask those questions. It is work, but at the end it is, it's worth it because, uh, you know, after a while I've just, I've been able to see that, well, you know, this client's, you know, they spent 10, $20,000 on a project and it didn't get them the result they need. And so once you go through that enough times, it give you, gives you enough resolve to then say, we need to do this process because it works. And if they don't want to do this process, I'm okay walking away from that, knowing that there's going to be someone who, who has been there and who's going to want to go through the process. And, you know, there, there's yeah. a lot of people in the U S and so I, I don't need to take the, the ones who aren't going to, to want to, to do the, the actual hard work and of making things last, last and actually have an impact. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I've had the same experiences myself as we've positioned at, into video strategy being the primary method of delivery for, for what we do for our clients. And, um, I think that's a really good distinction that you're making there is, is that if a client is really pushing back on taking a strategic approach to video, then maybe they're just not the right fit for you. Because the way I look at it anyway is, we want to provide the best result for our clients because if we don't provide the best result as in the video actually achieving the desired outcome or at least setting it up for success towards achieving the desired outcome then we're failing our clients and failing our clients is not what any of us want to do i think you recognize that because it's it it means they're not going to come back for more video they're not going to even feel that video was a good method for for their marketing plan anyway and it's, so it's not good for our industry. So, you know, I think that the, the more strategic we can be with our clients and the more of us video producers who can understand and implement video strategy into what we're doing, I think it's better for our industry as a whole. So I applaud you and thank you for, for what you're doing in that space. No, no, I think, I think you're right. And it does take kind of taking a stand and because I think w what might happen is someone might say, oh, we're going to try this company. And so they, they, you know, try a company and they maybe stay with them for a few years and they think, oh, we need a fresh design or we need something fresh. And so they'll try another company for a bit. And so I think what can happen is if we're not careful that people can get in a habit because everyone knows that no one's doubting the video 
is good. Like everyone knows that they need need video, they need to be able to doing it. But I think what can happen is that people can get in the habit of just jumping around. And eventually, you know, everyone can obviously there's enough people that people can continually jump around, but they're not actually going to get the results they want, unless they actually take a strategic approach of thinking through, you know, you know, uh, you know, things I've learned from you, such as what is what is my audience actually looking for? What do they actually need? And how can I meet them? Like, what, what are the problems they have? And how can I solve them? And, and if you don't take that time to figure some of those things out, you know, you can produce something that maybe looks good and works in in one setting, but just doesn't doesn't have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. So as you've um, as you've developed as a video strategist and and gone through the online video strategy blueprint course, along with with other video producers like yourself around the world, how do you see that this is potentially changing your business as you move forward into the future? Yeah, well, so the the biggest thing is that taking the online course is that it it, it took all the hard work of, of figuring some of these things out, things that I knew I needed to be doing, but I didn't know what to call it. I didn't have any frameworks and, it, and just laid it out. So for me, it was a little bit like being stuck in the woods or, you know, you're in the trees and you need to go north and you know there's a road somewhere over the mountain but you're not exactly sure whether you should go left or right around the mountain and having the the, the framework laid out was just like having a map where i could see oh guess what if i go left around the mountain i'm gonna you know get to my end result and for me that's that was the biggest thing was i had a few things to look at i could see what a funnel looks like and in terms of engagement and have names for for some of that stuff and know that you know there's awareness on on one end and know that there was you know in terms of engagement and then conversion and then thinking about delight if after a, a customer ends up you know booking or, or or making a purchase and that you want to use you know video to help seal the deal and help make them into loyal loyal customers so just having that framework was was extremely helpful yeah awesome cool um so I guess just to wrap up here, you know, I'd love to just end on where you see our, I guess, our industry going, particularly um, for, for us as video strategists. Like, you know, I think it's it's interesting, like video is the thing right now, you know. Um, I think there's no doubt that a lot of attention's on video, that people are seeing the need for video. And so now is a great time to be positioned as someone who can help a brand or business achieve success with, with video. But what do you see happening in the next five years, for example? Will it keep going in that direction? Let's just shoot the breeze a bit on the future direction of our industry. Yeah. And I mean, and I don't want to sound like I'm taking too much of an opportunity of of a bad situation. But in some ways, when it came to the to the coronavirus and just whole situation, in some ways, I, w I was a little bit excited about the opportunity and to the fact that I had been wanting to transition from, you know, stepping back a bit more from the camera to really focus on strategy. And now over the next, you know, two months, I have a time to really like lock down and, and focus on that because I, I can guarantee you that no one's going to be shooting anything else unless it's on a computer for the next two months for me personally. And you know, it might be month or month and a half by the time that the episode's released. But and so now it's a time to really sit back and focus on that. And and two part of it, when we look at I've had started having conversations with, you know, the next kind of next generation that's coming up, people who are just graduating from high school now. And, and in some ways, when they're looking through their Instagram feed or TikTok. You know, they're they're expecting content that's 
you know, interesting and organic. And if they see something that's highly polished, they almost associate associate it immediately as an ad. Yeah. And so there's like just the big opportunity for people to, to actually think through what do people want? Let's attack this strategically. Let's make content that's engaging, that solves people's problems, that adds value to their life and isn't dependent on having the latest camera or having something that looks extremely cinematic. And the role of thinking through that and helping people think through that is huge because a lot of people, if they look at something that's like, no, I, I want the high quality I want. And, and I help them understand there's a difference between high quality and good, engaging content that meets your goals and helping people understand that difference is going to be the role of a video strategist and understand that it's not just about something that looks good. It's not just about having a, a Super Bowl commercial that knocks it out of the park. It's a I guess that's a mixed mixed sports metaphor there, but <laughs> but it's about creating stuff that engages people where they're at and and and, and is an entertaining educational and entertaining at the same time yeah yeah i love it obviously we're aligned on all of this stuff um wesley so really appreciate you coming on the show here and and sharing your insight and your and your journey as you've transitioned from video producer to video strategist as well i want to i want to thank you for for coming in as one of our students in the engage or in the online video strategy blueprint course and uh and yeah continue to crush it man you're doing amazing stuff and i know that um you're going to you know make the best of this opportunity that we have in front of us right now no 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 thank you so much and i know it's been you know it's been fun being able to follow you and learn from you uh, but two now throwing it back at you i'd be curious to see do you have any thoughts on the kind of the, the tipping point when it comes to video where where do you think we're at from from your point of view you know down under yeah uh, good question and thanks for throwing a question back at me on my podcast that this is my show um no that's fine <laughs> no i love it actually this is a good question um and you know i i think we're kind of we're still at the early majority phase of video or maybe even you know the earlier than that in that kind of bell curve that adoption curve you know um I think that we've got a long way to go with video just more generally. I think, you know, with the introduction of 5G and um, technologies changing and platforms changing and growing and new new platforms coming out, I think that the desire for engaging with video content will only be increasing. And like we've discussed in this episode, I think that that desire has been compounded by the experience that the world is going through right now. Um, but it was going in that way anyway. I think more and more people will be comfortable after this, getting their face on camera. People are having their first Zoom calls for you know first time ever. And you know they're getting over that fear of being on camera. Um, and I think that you know this is the start of, of a much stronger shift towards video across all levels of business, not just marketing and communications, but across all levels of business. So yeah, I'm excited. I think that, that us and other people working in the industry are in a good place, um, a good industry to be in. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to where it goes. Now, uh, definitely because, and especially once things even recover, let's say economically, when we look at things at a global level, I think there will still be a little bit of hesitation about, you know, as much travel. So even if people are comfortable finally going back to their local school, I think there will be to a certain extent, a little bit of, I don't think things are going to go back to normal in terms of globally because of fear of, of a renewed pandemic. Cause all it takes is one case 
and, you know, traveling from one country to another and things all of a sudden spark again. And so I think people are going to go back and, you know, people are going to be happy once things start opening back up again. But I don't think it's going to go right back to normal. And I think some people are going to realize that, yes, they can work from home in, in some situations. And maybe the, the person doesn't have to fly halfway across the country to to meet with someone for, you know, a two hour conversation, you know, for a meeting. And, and maybe Zoom is is, you know, just fine. And and I think that the repercussions will be when you look at a mixture of, you know, reducing you know virus, but also at the same time, you know, helping with you know reducing carbon emissions. I think the video is really positioned to help help save the world in that regard. So I think video in 2020 is going to come to the rescue for our, our, our life and, and relationships and the way we do business. Yeah, absolutely. Wesley Dean, this has been a great chat. It's, uh, it's been fun having you on the show and uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. I've also enjoyed doing this as a live stream. So for anyone who's been watching live on YouTube or Facebook, thanks for joining us. And Wesley, keep being awesome. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh, th thanks for having me, Ben. It's been so much fun. And thanks for doing the, the live. Um, I'm going to have to start doing this again. And if I if LinkedIn ever approves me, I know it's a kind of a, a long process for getting approved on LinkedIn. But uh, I'll, I'll have to send them the link, say, hey, I was on. Maybe they'll help my approval process. Who knows how the, the algorithms work for LinkedIn? But <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I've been having lots of conversations with people that say, how do I get LinkedIn live? I don't have an answer for you guys. You just need to keep applying. OK, thanks again. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Ben. All right, so that was fun. Our first LinkedIn Live podcast episode recording. And thanks again to Wesley Dean from Intermotion Media for joining me on the show today to share his insight into the world of video strategy and what it means to him to be a video strategist. And as I said at the outset of this show, if you are interested in starting the transition from video producer to video strategist to not only get better results for your clients, but also diversify your offering for your clients as a video production company in this day and age, then I would love to invite you to join me on one of my upcoming webinars happening in the next week. And the handful of webinars that I'm going to run are all kicking off from the 14th of April, 2020. So if you're listening soon after the release of this episode and you're keen to join me on one of those webinars, then head on over now to onlinevideostrategyblueprint.com to learn more. So that's it for this show. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. And I'll be back with you next week with another interview episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Until then, stay safe, take care, and bye for now.